0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. For SportsNet 5, I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Samuel Lewis, speaking to you after. Um, man, it's just a, a bittersweet game in, in the sense that the Raptors did so many good things. Like they played one of their best games of the season. Um, really want to give them credit for that. I think um, the ball movement was excellent, um, their defense was also really good considering. Um, the opposition, I mean, look, nobody was really expecting the Raptors to walk up into Denver and hold the lead for at least 40 minutes. And look, it wasn't like the Raptors were ever up, you know, a million points, but you know, still the Raptors were in control, played solid on both ends of the floor. And you know what? I think two things can be true. I think when one, the Raptors didn't close out strong. Um, and the Raptors also didn't leave themselves enough margin to close out strong because of all the unforced errors they made throughout the course of the game. And then the other thing is just the officiating was quite bad at the end. And, you know, listen, I'm not shy about complaining about officiating. I'm definitely one of those guys that wants every call to be on the Raptors, but... I mean, I don't know. If I were on the Denver Nuggets side, let's just say that I would have nothing to complain about. I would, I would say that Scott Foster was one of my best players on the night. I would just, just lavish the way, um, a praise upon the way that the the Nuggets um were officiated. But listen, I I think you can hold both things true, and I think that I would like to at least talk about the basketball first before we revisit the the bitterness of the officiating. I think for the Raptors, um, look, you just can't concede a seven nothing run. To the Nuggets, right? The Raptors are holding a six-point lead, a, a beautiful set of a tic-tac-toe passing by the Raptors. You had Pascal in the post, draws a double team. Scotty flashes to the free throw line to give Pascal that outlet. Then Scotty with the instant bounce pass to Jacoproto. Yakaproto Jaco makes a reverse layup. It's a six-point game. Then the Nuggets score, but Pascal Siakam comes back with a mid-range jumper, um, knocks it down, six-point game. And, and, and you're holding on to that six points. And look, listen, it's not like that's uh, an insurmountable lead, especially against a team with, you know, J- uh, Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic. They're very, very clutch together. You know, it's a really, really good two-man combo, almost as good as Scott Foster and Nikola Jokic. But, um, y- you know, y- still, the Raptors were in control, and you can't give up a 7 nothing lead. And, you know, when you think about what happened there, defensive breakdowns, right? Um, Scotty got crossed up by Jamal Murray on a far three. Right. That cuts the lead in half. Um, you know, Pascal was there with the help to recover, but ultimately you cannot give up a pull up three that easily in that scenario. You cannot get crossed up in that situation. Right. And the Raptors, um, losing Jamal Murray off the pick and roll the next time down because he made the three, the Raptors play him to run him off the three point line and he turns the corner, gets all into the, the basket. Nobody's there to help. Um, and he gets a layup to fall. Right. That's now a one point advantage. And then the Raptors go the other way. Um they can't score. Fred gets stripped on a drive going up. Jokic with a pretty good uh, strip. It looked like a foul initially, but when, I think when they went to the review, um, you know, on the replay, on the TV, like, okay, it was a really good strip by the MVP. Uh, not like you were going to get a call anyway. Um, and then Jakob um tries to contend for the loose ball. And even though I didn't think there was. I mean, look, listen, it was her contact, sure. But also, did it disrupt the play whatsoever? Did it change possessions? No. So a little bit of ball pressure on a rebound. I mean, okay, so they call it a loose ball foul. Jokic goes to the free throw line, makes both, right? And so that 7-0 run right there, you know, Jamal Murray crossing up Scotty, then Jamal Murray getting all the way to the basket, and then, you know, um, Fred getting stripped on his way up by Jokic, and then Jakob Proto contending for a loose ball. That is a 7-0 run. That blew the game for the Raptors. And I I would say that for me because you just needed to show more composure in that stretch. You know, the Raptors coming back on offense, they didn't get good shots. Pascal turnaround post jumper from at least 15 feet out, contested. It's not a good shot, right? Compared to what the Nuggets are getting, that's not good enough. And I think for me, too, it's the the thing that's been annoying. And I I had this gnawing feeling watching this game, even though the Raptors are playing really well. I think because they were playing really well, the mistakes were starting to really stand out to me, right? And I'm talking about small mistakes over the course of a game that maybe in the first half is just annoying, maybe in the third and fourth quarter it's extra annoying, but when you look at it when you're when you're um in a situation where you're at the end of a game and you need to close it out, you think back on some of these plays, right? And and I'm just talking about some just really really um unforced errors. You know, I'm thinking about in the first half. Um OG Anobi doesn't seal his man in the post. I think he had Jamal Murray on him on one of those early transition post-ups where the Raptors break down the floor and they have a bigger guy and they seal him off. And you know what? It was a good play. Scotty made the right pass to OG in that situation. OG doesn't seal Murray. It's a turnover. The Nuggets go the other way. They score. Right? I'm thinking about um, the next play down. The Raptors get the stop. OG Anobi gets the rebound and tosses just a super casual pass. that gets picked off by the Nuggets. They score. Right? I'm thinking about um, end of the second quarter, the Raptors are up 10. And, you know, they're trying to close out the half. They're, they're up 10 with two minutes left. And you have Scottie Barnes throwing a no-look pass on a cut where he should have just straight up took it to the rim and dunked it. At worst, he would have got the foul call. At worst. But instead, he throws a no-look pass to OG in the corner who's not really covered. The pass is off, and it, it's a turnover going the other way. Right? Um, and then you have Scotty getting called for a double dribble after chasing on the offensive rebound off a miss, and the Nuggets get to score on that end. And then Scotty is defending on a screen against Jokic, falls over, flops. I think he was already upset about the foul about the officiating at that point. Bit of a foreshadowing for the rest of the game. But instead of playing that screen solid and and, and whatever, look, listen, Jokic gets gets away with stuff on screens, right? Like that's what a veteran does. That's what an MVP does. And to be honest, we 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 would like to say the the whistle is even across the board, but when we're talking about in Denver with a two time MVP, it's gonna be three time MVP. You're not gonna get that call. So you have to play through it. So Scotty falling over to exaggerate the contact from Jokic, and there's a no call, all of a sudden you have one man down and the Dunkers go the other way and score. So instead of the Raptors going up into halftime up ten, they're only going up up three. And then you think about in the third quarter, some of the mistakes that the Raptors made. Pascal Siakam missed a number of bunnies tonight, but no, none worse than in the third quarter where he missed just an absolute point-blank layup at the basket, right? Um, and then you have unfortunate scenarios like Fred Van Vliet's bringing the ball up. Bruce Brown just mugs him, comes across his body, checks him, gets the ball, but he checks through his body, uh, and then he goes the other way, and Fred fouls him to prevent the layup. That's Fred's fourth foul. Um, but more importantly, that should have been a foul in the first place. Raptors still finish out decently and go up five. The fourth quarter comes around. The Raptors bench are in there against Denver's bench. So, you know, you're just hoping that your team can sort of play it even. The Raptors actually do a decent job. You know, they sustain some tough shots from, um, you know, the Nuggets. You know, Reggie Jackson's pulling up for 30 feet and knocking it down. And Reggie Jackson's just driving in the lane and just throws up. This a nothing burger and it just bounces in. Right. So it was looking pretty tough, but Precious Ochua gets uh, fouled on a drive, makes two. Precious Ochua drives in against Jokic, makes a layup. Will Barton pulls up for three, makes one. Gary Trent Jr. with some some step backs makes it. And that looks good. Right. And the Raptors are once again in a scenario where they're up nine, they're up 10, and they're feeling all right. Then after the Raptors make a shot, the Nuggets get the inbound. And I'm watching this happen. I'm screaming at my computer. Because I'm like, I can see what's happening. But the Raptors fall asleep, Precious and Scotty, Neither one picks up Reggie Jackson just walking up the floor. And, of course, Jokic makes an instant pass to Reggie Jackson. I mean, I'm talking about there was like a three-second scenario where the Raptors could have picked up on him. And he was the guy who was hot for the Nuggets off the bench. And Jokic throws on the pass and, you know, he knocks down the three. Reggie Jackson. Instead of the Raptors going up bigger and staying in that advantage, they give up another nothing burger. There's another play in the first half where Fred VanVleet hits a mid-range jumper and nobody picks up somehow the fact that Jeff Green cuts all the way down to the other end for uncontested layup. I, and this is off a of make, right? So you just, you think about that within the context of the Raptors only up seven at the end. You know what? The Raptors probably close should have closed it out regardless. Um, the Raptors you know, definitely were were the victims of bad officiating towards the end or at least unfortunate officiating, and I'll get to that. But I think in the bigger picture, to me, it's like they spoiled their own effort, and this is the lesson they got to learn the hard way, that over the course of the game, over the balance of the game, you need to stay focused for the whole game. And that's not to say that you cannot make mistakes. These are human beings. They're going to make mistakes, and the Raptors are clearly a team, especially with some of the mistakes that I'm listing out here. And this is not singling anyone out. I'm just looking at my notes, and I'm telling you what happened specifically. A lot of these are younger guys' mistakes, right? You know, OG, Scotty, Precious, they were more guilty of these than other guys in the lineup. However... You look at it, and if the Raptors' goal is to play in the playoffs, as the Raptors' goal is to be a competitive team, if the Raptors' goal is to win a game, you can play great, which the Raptors came in and did. You can have a great game plan, which the Raptors came in and did. You can play with lots of effort, which the Raptors did. I didn't think there was a lack of effort, but a lack of focus. What's in your head, right? All these plays against um, a really good opponent. And listen, the Nuggets are are lethal, right? They will push you on your mistakes. You get crossed up, and Jamal Murray pulls up for three. He's making that three. Yeah, sometimes you get crossed up and they don't make it. But no, this is a team that will do that to you. You slip up a little bit on your coverage. Pascal gets back cut. And all of a sudden, you know, Michael Michael Porter Jr. is uh, pulling up for three. And he's making that three, right? You don't get any breaks against this team. The only reason the Raptors were up is because they were playing so well. But they made too many mistakes. and didn't lend themselves enough margin at the end. Which, look, listen, Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic... They're an amazing combo in crunch time, and they showed it to you with the amount of times that Jokic is able to get um, loose ball fouls or, or or moving screen fouls or whatever all that stuff is. But no, but seriously, though, like they're able to generate advantages and create offense for you. That's why you need a bigger edge going into that spot. And I, that's where I'm disappointed. Not in the effort itself. I thought the Raptors did so many great things. I'm going to cover that in a second. but. To me, it's like they left so many points on the table, at least 10 points on the table, and you just can't do that against the Nuggets. Like, the Nuggets played a C-level game, and they won it in the end. Of course, they had some officiating help, but you shouldn't have even been in that position in the first place, and that's what separates a really good team from you know a team that's right now you know fumbling in the play-in. Do I think the Raptors have the quality to play as a really good team? Absolutely. There's no way you watched the course of this game and said, wow, the Raptors are trash. Right? or the Raptors are mid. The Raptors were not mid in this game. They played beautiful basketball throughout. They played hard on defense. They played hard on offense. They moved the ball beautifully. They had lots of guys score. Like Literally, midway through the first quarter, every Raptor who stepped on the court had already scored. It was looking great. Their bench was solid for them tonight. I mean, it wasn't better than Denver's bench, but it was solid. But the Raptors just didn't close out because of those mistakes. And when you watch back on the film, there's nothing else causing them to make these mistakes. These are self-inflicted. And that's the difference between a really good team and a playing team. And unfortunately, the Raptors make too many mistakes. Now the officiating—it was bad. It was really bad. And and look, listen, I, I know that I complained about the officiating. I I know that like I'll get on them for just a regular game. I I don't even know what to say in, in this in this in this effort from from Scott Foster at the end. Um, you're talking about a scenario where, okay, so fouls Jokic on the loose ball. Listen, if someone contends for a loose ball in the last minute of the game and it's the bonus and it doesn't affect the play whatsoever and Jokic has the ball and he's just about to bring it up, how about a play on? Okay, that, that's like that's like level one. That's, that's like I would say that's a soft foul call. Okay, that's just a soft foul call for me. But okay, we'll start from there. Okay, next step up is a pick and roll where the Raptors guard the initial action pretty well, then the Nuggets come back for the next action. Of course, it's going to be Murray with Jokic screening, and Scotty's trying to fight through the matchup, and he gets tangled up with Jokic on the screen. Now Scotty leaves his arm out there to try to you know um, wrap around the screen, but Jokic also hooks Scotty's arms with two hands and throws his hands up, and ultimately all that happens is Jamal Murray is switched out on OJ and Obi. And Scotty Barnes might be switched out on Nikola Jokic. Again, how about a play on in that scenario? Have you seen some of the moving screens that take place in the final minute of a game? Right? Have you seen some of the plays that happen? Because I want you to just Google Draymond Green moving screen and look at the time and score on some of those plays. There's one of them where he flips Marcus Smart on his back. As he pops one of the Splash Brothers open for three. And that's not a foul call. Now, I'm not saying that those aren't fouls. I'm saying the general rule is you let the players decide. If the if the actual infraction impedes the play, it, it causes a change of possession, or it just completely changes the shot, then you call the foul. But we're talking about a screen. And there's plenty of physicality on both sides. And you're calling that a foul? In that scenario, that's bad. But what's even worse is, okay, so the Raptors challenged the call. You know, the referees maintain that it's a foul. I'm To be honest, it feels like one of those where it's like, if the original call was in favor of the Raptors and the Nuggets challenged the call, I think it would have also stayed in the favor of the officials. I think the official didn't want to change their mind on that call. But okay, you, you stick with that call. And I... Next play down, the Raptors drive instead of going through Fred and Jakob, which was the the, the play for most of it down the stretch and throughout the game. Scotty decides to drive quickly on Jokic and gets to the free throw line on a drive. The Nuggets now use their challenge and they review it. And to me, and on what was said on the broadcast was he might have been hit on the arm on the way up. But they review it. And they decide no foul call, jump ball instead at center court. That one I'm less upset about. To me, it was just like if that's the case, then I probably would have just liked to see the Raptors run their offense the way they had run it all night, with Fred working in the pick roll with Yaakopurl, or even in the hands of Pascal, or or even something where you actually make a play rather than just drive in quickly and get the call. You originally did get the call, so I'm not too upset about it. However, the Nuggets were able to successfully reverse the challenge. The Raptors still had a chance to win the ball back on a jump ball. Jokic wins the jump ball. So the Raptors are now down one. All right. Um, They come down. They get the ball into the post to Aaron Gordon, And Jakob is there, straight up, hands up, contesting him, bodying him. Not jumping into him, not arms over him, nothing like that. He's just rotating as a center and at the basket, not out of control. He took like one step over, met him, and and guess what Aaron Gordon was doing? Oh, a center's about to contest a shot. I'm going to take a power dribble, ran my shoulder into the defender, and then try to go up strong. And they call a foul on that again. Again, I would have to say in that scenario, that should be a no call. Or at least when you take in the whole situation. The fact that none of these were no calls and that all of these went in favor of the Nuggets is just really hard to swallow. I'm not saying conspiracy. I'm just saying as a consumer of the product, hard to swallow because I was not here to watch Scott Foster with his, you know, just William Dafoe and Spider-Man looking face decide the game. I'm not looking for the game to be decided on a Nikola Jokic screen. I'm not looking for the game to be decided on an Aaron Gordon power dribble. I'm not looking for the game to be decided on a loose ball 94 feet from the basket of where they're going. So for all of those to be called fouls and for all that to be six free throws is bad. And guess what? Scotty Barnes then loses his mind and he complains. Now, if you had watched this game, you would know that Scotty was complaining for the whole game. And if you watched Scotty for the whole season, as I have, you notice that Scotty is complaining about fouls a lot more this season. Okay? It was bad in this case in the sense that he was complaining about foul calls. There there were situations. I described one in the first half where he literally falls over to try to highlight the foul call. doesn't get it. I'm sure that added to the frustration. But in this scenario, Scotty Barnes must have said something because I have to believe in my heart that at least officials can at least admit or at least swallow a little bit of frustration when you have described these calls leading up to it for Scotty Barnes to throw his hands up, not in his face, right? It's not like he went up into his face, went chest to chest and threw his hands up or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Eject him for that. But he's away from the play, throws his hands up. He might have said something. And I don't know what he said. Nobody really knows what he said other than people on the court or people courtside. So, I, and again, I'm not there. I'm literally in my house right now in Toronto. But for Scott Foster to instantly toss Scotty Barnes in that scenario, I have to believe that Scotty Barnes says something truly, truly offensive to him. Because otherwise, you have to swallow your whistle. Nobody came to watch this game be decided by the officials. Nobody stayed up until 11.30 p.m. on the East Coast where people watched the Raptors primarily to see Scott Foster do what he did at the end there. And especially after you have just screwed them out of all of these calls, including an unsuccessful challenge for Toronto and a successful one for Denver, they did not see you get get that frustrated by Scotty to eject him. Now, of course, on Scottie's end, have to do better. Have to do better, right? You know what this is. This is Scott Foster. Maybe you haven't been in the league long enough, but you watch basketball long enough. Everyone knows that name, right? He doesn't take that kind of stuff. Now, I agree that that wasn't over the line, barring what he said, but still. You can You have to control your emotion in that situation. You didn't see anyone else in the Raptors get ejected, right? Even Nick Nurse, whose face is probably this—you know—he like looked like a canned tomato for half of this game. Just about how bad the officiating was, he didn't get a technical in this situation. Got to be smart in that situation because guess what? Instead of the Nuggets going to the free throw line for two, which would have made it a three-point game potentially, instead the Nuggets get three free throws, and now it's a four-point game. You have gone from a one possession game to a two possession game because of that offic- because of that complaining. That has to teach you a fundamental lesson in this moment. It just has to. I don't care if it's like it feels unfair. You, j- it, it doesn't matter, right? Ultimately, it doesn't matter. That's within your own control. You have to learn a lesson from this. There has to be a humbling lesson that you take away from that kind of interaction. So the Nuggets got up four. Raptors never really got a chance to get back into it. They commit some turnovers, some more frustrating performances, and ultimately, you know, Fred and OG couldn't connect a couple times, and OG missed a three, and And look, it didn't really matter. Like, I felt like the game was over as soon as Scotty was called for that technical foul. But the officiating stretch there, I understand the frustration. I totally do, right? But, wow, that was tough. But otherwise, the Raptors played a phenomenal game. Like, I've I really... Like, I, I'm I'm gutted for them. I'm sick on their behalf because they played really well for so much of it. I think Fred VanVleet played um, a game very similar, if not slightly better, than what he did against the Wizards. Um, you know, Fred was just carving the nuggets apart in pick and roll. The Raptors' strategy on offense was to involve Nikola Jokic in as many pick and rolls as possible and not just involve him but attack him in a variety of ways whether that was Fred pulling up in the mid-range or pulling up for three occasionally but for the most part feeding um Yaka Proto in the post. I mean Fred must like honestly I think Fred is giving Yaka Proto like five pick and roll baskets a game. And Yaka's executing these perfectly. His footwork is so nice. You can run a pick and roll with a lot of guys but you you might not necessarily get to the shots that Yakapurl does. He has this elegance about him where he takes he times it perfectly, the one two, and then he'll pirouette and, and go in for a reverse layup or you know, and he's got great touch around the basket. He hardly ever misses there. Nine of thirteen from the field as well. Just really, really smart pick and roll play from Fred and Yak. They probably fed I, I think honestly. I'm saying at least six baskets. Like, it was so nice to see that connection there. But Fred with 14 assists, driving a kick into OG for three, driving and kicking to other guys, you know, looking for opportunities, finding Scottie on cuts, finding Boucher, finding Precious. Like, Fred played an amazing game. And that was that game plan. Attack, Jokic, and the pick and roll. And they had great success. That's why the Raptors were able to hold their advantage for so much of the game because they can get steady looks at the rim over and over again, right? Their, Their offense was never really the issue in this game. Um, I thought Pascal once again, couldn't always get to his spots. And ultimately, when you look at it, eight of 18 shooting for 19 points, isn't great. I didn't think he got to the free throw line enough, but again, I, like I said, most of the offense flew, uh, flowed through Fred. So, um, those chances for Pascal, there are more contested looks to me. He missed the only thing I, I didn't like about Pascal's game tonight. He just missed like two bunnies. And again, when you think back at the end of the game, you needed the margin. So those two bunnies really did come back and haunt you a little bit. Right. Um, I think for me, the the most disappointing part is the Raptors committing turnovers. It wasn't really a situation where the Nuggets were pressuring you that much. The Raptors just made too many self-inflicted turnovers, right? OG's one turnover. and only says one in the box score. Super frustrating, right? Scotty Barnes, some of his turnovers, really frustrating. Fred with five turnovers, pretty frustrating, especially for a guy who is a very low turnover player generally. Now, of course, he had the ball a lot, but still, right? Uh, Too many, too many turnovers. Um, 15 for the game for the Raptors to lose the turnover battle that rarely ever happens. But the Raptors were making up for it with the way they were playing on offense, and they played it really well. Even their bench came in and gave them some tough buckets. Precious, I thought, you know, bounced back from his slump. I thought he did a great job covering Jokic um, off the bench. He also did a great job battling Thomas Bryant in, in the front court. Bryant is a seven footer, very strong. Not easy for Precious to go up against. But Precious and Chris did a good tag team effort there and controlled the defensive glass for the second unit. Um so that's great. I think Precious obviously has, I've been highlighting how bad he's been of late. He came in 3 of 4 knocked down of 3 as well. The 3 by the way was right away after he checked into the game. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, very very different approach. I like this." But you know, we got Precious playing well again. Chris playing his role normally, of course. Um Will Barton came in and gave you a couple, you know, buckets off the bench. Gary Trent, you know, mid-range looks were very strong as well you know didn't do too much else but still I thought you know just that offense off the bench is pretty important looks like he's settling in a little bit um, and also the better precious plays the better gary's going to play cuz he's going to have to run a lot of pick and rolls with with precious right so they're had to find a chemistry there and that's a chemistry that hasn't existed this season cuz they don't really play that much together even if they share the court together they're not usually playing in the same play together now they're playing the same play together and you're probably going to see lumps for those guys, right? So um, I thought they paired well tonight off the bench. I thought Scotty did a great job of getting into the short mid-range area and knocking those jumpers down. It was nice to see. Also good effort on the glass. Had a great couple of sets where he was able to guard on the back cut, and the Nuggets are very good at the back cut, especially with Jokic holding the ball at the top. There's a lot of give and goes where guys get the ball and then cut back door. Um, and Scotty twice at least was able to pick off some of those passes, which is beautiful to see. Yakapurto, I thought, was was great. And listen, the Raptors' defensive strategy in this one was very innovative. This is where you have to give Nick Nurse a lot of credit because um the way he guarded the Nuggets was probably unlike most other teams would guard the Nuggets. And probably most teams don't have the personnel as the Raptors do. So, you know, maybe this is just a specific matchup thing, but the Raptors had OJ and guarding Nikola Jokic. And that's not necessarily a surprise when you think back on how often OG used to guard Jokic. He was always the primary defender on Jokic. He had multiple games where OG would have seven steals in this matchup against Jokic. And primarily the reason for that is because you had him in the past fronting the post a lot trying to really deny the entry passes to jokic cut off the supply i thought og did less of that fronting the post and occasionally he did try to gamble for steals couldn't get them and also jokic was able to cut back door and score again part of why they're so lethal is you make a mistake they will punish you but og did a great job banging with jokic you know preventing the ball to come into the the post pressuring the entry pass both at the point of attack from whatever guy's guarding the ball and also scotty and og and anobi you know, wrestling and making the pass to Jokic tough, Um, you know, part of the reason they had OG on Jokic and also um, Scotty on Murray and um, Jacoperto on Aaron Gordon is that they wanted to switch a lot of their pick and rolls, right? The Nuggets will run pick and roll with Aaron Gordon. With Jokic, they will run small, small pick and or big, big pick and roll with Jokic handling and and Gordon screening. Um, Or, of course, they'll just run their regular pick and roll with Jamal Murray and, and Jokic. And in this scenario, the Raptors are able to switch so many of those actions. And I thought in the first half, the Raptors did a much better job guarding the Nuggets. The Nuggets still scored, but it was a lot more in transition. Second half, the Nuggets got better in terms of running a couple off-ball actions, trying to involve Fred onto the switch, onto Murray, and then using that as the pick-and-roll action. But I thought still the Raptors handled it well. It still took a lot of time off of Denver's shot clock to try to execute some of those pre-switches. So um, I think overall, the Raptors' defensive strategy is very innovative, and and it worked decently. But again, I think the Nuggets also had... Other ways to counter it. Right. I think, you know, Aaron Gordon was very active on the offensive glass, was able to use his athleticism to great effect. And he actually finished a decent amount around uh, Pertle, even though I thought Purtle was usually around the basket contesting. Michael Porter was so clinical on threes. Right. And, you know, Jamal Murray obviously was so clutch at the end. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, even Reggie Jackson off the bench was able to really score and give them a boost um, and keep that second unit afloat. But when you think about it, the Raptors kept Jokic as quiet as you could possibly keep him. 17 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists with four turnovers, only got eight shots off, got six free throws all in the last couple of minutes there. Um, like that's that's as good as you can do. And for the Raptors to come in with that very unorthodox strategy of putting your small forward on their center, your center on their small forward, and then your um I guess Scotty is I guess Scotty is your two guard. Um, on their point guard, having all those mismatches, I think really confused them in a lot of stretches and forced them into some some tougher shots. Having said that, though, the Nuggets were able to then feast off of things like transition and offensive rebounds. So there are other things that the Raptors can do to be more solid. And I, while I would say the Raptors played really good base defense and and even base offense, I think that they lost too many of the margins. And look, listen, sometimes that's all that separates the teams, right? If the Raptors were just way better at the margins, the Raptors play better transition defense, if they didn't have some of those mindless turnovers, even with the officiating at the end, they probably would have still won. So, you know, I'm not going to put this game on the officials. I think the Raptors really can look at this performance and say to themselves, if we really want to be great, if we really want to compete with teams, we can. We have enough talent to at least make it competitive. But do we have the mental discipline? Do we have the execution to match up with some of these teams. Because to me, just too many mistakes tonight. Too many young mistakes by the Raptors. And and ultimately, that's that's why they lose the game. But, you know, still a good effort by the Raptors. Um, they once again failed to get to 500, and now 32 and 34. But this is an acceptable game, in my opinion. I think they probably should have won anyway. Um, and I hope that they take some lessons from this. I hope Scotty really takes a lesson of you can't be that kind of... You can't show up to officials like that. You just can't. Look, like some of them are pretty thin-skinned, man. And I can't blame them, like... You're, they're human, too, and people are getting on them all game, especially, like, the players. So, yeah, I mean, like, I hate that call in that moment. I don't agree with it, but, you know, like, still, you got to take a lesson from this, right? You just have to. Um, And, yeah, I think that probably goes for the rest of the team as well. But, anyway, to wrap up the show, your three stars from tonight's performance. Your first star is Feva and 21 points, 14 assists, 2 steals, 5 of 12 shooting from the field, 3 of 9 from 3. Hit a really super deep one today. It's been a while since they hit one of those 35-footers. 88 from the free-throw line as well. You know, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty good in this game. Really, really good. Obviously, the game plan was attack. Um, Jokic in the pick-and-roll, and and I thought Fred did a great job operating. Uh, Jakob Protos your second start. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, a block. 9 of 13 shooting from the field. Unfortunately, 0 of 2 from the free-throw line. Very, very clever move by Jokic where in the last – minute of the game you cannot intentionally foul in the last 2 minutes because then you will get one free throw and then the possession um however what the raptors did was they brought up a double screen involving Jakob Proto and Nikola Jokic aggressively overplayed Jakob on the screen so that he would call for that foul right and it was within the play however the goal of it it was very very smart why Jokic was to essentially send Jakob Proto to the free-throw line, and it did, and Yak missed both free throws. And so that's something to consider. Um, Jakob is a poor free-throw shooter. However, that's also just a brilliant piece of play by Nikola Jokic. That's that's the difference in this game, how smart the n- Nuggets played even when they weren't playing well versus how you know silly the Raptors played even when they were playing well. Um, so anyway, Jakob's your second star. And then your third star, um, I don't give it to OG. I, I mean, look, listen. Um, you know, I thought he, he he stuck to the role of catching and shooting for threes. Uh, Fred set him up, set him up for some really, really good looks. And he was able to knock down three of six. Wasn't that involved in the offense overall, mostly because of the fact that his legs were always being spent on body checking this mammoth of a man. Um, So I'm I'm going to come with some slack in terms of how much other stuff he did on offense, but defensively, I mean, come on, man. Jokic has 17 points, only touched, only had eight field goal attempts. Like, that's amazing defense from OG Anobi, right? And um, I honestly think that OG guards Jokic better than most bigs in the league guard Jokic. That's true compliment for a very very versatile defender. Uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner that's got to go to Scott Foster for obvious reasons. Anyway, that that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone so for listening. Um, you know it's a tough one, but you know the Raptors if they play with this kind of effort and focus and intensity, actually better focus and intensity. But if they play with this level of purpose and, and sharing the ball and moving the ball around. You know, I could see them stealing one of those in L.A. Um, It's a very tough road trip, no doubt. Um, But listen, that's what the Raptors got to do, right? It's just like in this game, the Raptors didn't leave themselves enough margin to come back and and hold on to the game. It's like that on the season. The Raptors blew a lot of easy games for themselves to the point where now they have to chase it. But... You know that's that's the position they're in. So we're gonna keep watching and keep following the team. But for now, I'm gonna sign out. Thanks everyone for listening. Rate review, rate review, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, yeah, on to LA.